This is the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous Podcast with iHeartRadio. Hey, Ashley. Hi, Ben. I'm so excited for this podcast. It is going to be absolutely magnificent. We have a huge guest. Rachel Lindsay is on the Almost Famous Podcast for the first time ever. What in the world? How have we not had The Bachelorette on? That is absolutely wild, but we are lucky to have her this time. We're going to talk about in this podcast some crazy stuff. We're going to talk again. Uh, we're going to ask uh, Rachel her thoughts on the Ari April Fool's joke. And we're also going to talk about some really interesting things that happened this week. It was not the week of love for Bachelor Nation. It was no. actually the week of breakups. <laughs> Theron Benoit and Dean and Leslie are broken up. And I'm also really excited to hear your thoughts, Ashley, and Rachel's thoughts on who is going to get married first within Bachelor Nation. We have the list here of successful couples so far in Bachelor Nation. Caitlin and Sean, JoJo and Jordan, Ari and Lauren, Raven and Adam, Rachel and Brian. Rachel will give us her thoughts on everything, everything going on in the love life of Rachel and Brian, but also her thoughts on who's going to get married first. Yeah, and who wants a TV wedding? And what about this weird three-way wedding shenanigans that there's been rumors floating around about like how they would cram all the weddings into one wedding special? That doesn't seem very personal. So we'll see if Rachel would ever be down to do something like that. But I know everybody wants to talk about the Dean and Leslie and Claire and Benoit breakup. It is totally uncuffing season. Channing and Jenna are no longer as well. All very sad. Um, I can't say that I didn't see this coming, especially with Claire and Benoit. I mean, I just feel like that girl was up on stage and she did not know whether to say yes or no. Um, but she had to say yes because she didn't want to hurt the guy so publicly. I I, I think she should have said no. We'll ask Rachel today. <laughs> uh, and and I, I, Rachel has never held back honesty. You know, she's always been honest. So I'm excited to hear her honest thoughts. I also need to get an idea of what the heck is decupping. Uh, decuffing. <laughs> oh, decuffing. The cuffing uh, season, the winter, that's when like you find a relationship and then you decuff come the springtime. Oh, geez. I'm so far behind on this. Uh, anyways, <laughs> Ashley, let's get this thing started. How was your weekend? The Masters weekend. And you're back. You're back in your old childhood home right now, I see. <laughs> it was absolutely incredible. Actually, I'm not, I'm not kidding. Like, I could not have picked a better way to spend time with my dad. Um, not only because it was a bucket list item for the both of us as a father and son experience, mm -hmm. uh, but the Masters uh, and Augusta National just do something different when it comes to your experience. And, and I kind of, I've been thinking about it a lot since we got back. I was like, what makes that place so special? Outside of the tradition and outside of the, the fact that it, it is one of the most um historic championships in all of sports. What really makes Augusta so special? And, and, and the only thing I can come up with is they really care about the spectator experience. They really make the spectators feel special. Um, and the way they do this is by keeping things so simple. Mm -hmm. So, for example, this is one of the coolest things. And I know you'll be a fan of this because we've talked about it before. There's no but phones. You are, uh, yeah, no phones. That's it. Yeah. Um, and so once you're inside the course – you're focused on one thing, the people that you're with and the people that you're watching and the tournament itself. And so everybody, and here's the second thing that I think makes it unique is there's no hierarchy when it comes to seating. So it's a golf tournament and most golf tournaments have your suites and they have your special like areas that are graded off to people that pay a little more money or that sponsor the tournament. That's all good and great. But what's cool about the masters is that there are no suites. 
And so unless you're a member of Augusta National, which not many people are, mm-hmm. then everybody from Wayne Gretzky, who walked the fairways with me, to Will Farrell, to myself and my dad, we all sit and stand in the same area. And because there's no phones, nobody bothers anybody. Yeah, because you're not asking for pictures or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. It, I rem- it reminds me of, I, the only way I can explain this is, it reminds me of college. Uh, I don't know if anybody listening or if, if you actually remember this, but for me, I went to Indiana University, an amazing school, uh, but the Greek system was big. And then having the nicest apartment was kind of big, you know, your junior and senior year of college. Mm-hmm. And I missed, I found, I found out, you know, probably my junior year that I missed the dorms because the dorms were one place where everybody's equal. Oh my God. The dorms were the greatest time of my life. That was my whole, my freshman year in the dorm was the best. Like those are the kind of friends that you only make in that weird environment where you're sharing everything and nobody knows the background they came from and you're just assimilating into like the same world. And it doesn't matter if you're cool or a loser in high school, all of a sudden you're, you can be anything you want to be. Yeah, exactly. You're spot on. I mean, I I don't know if the dorms are appreciated as much as they should be. I think that's the coolest part about them is nobody knows your backstory. Nobody knows how much money you come from. Nobody knows if you don't come from any money. Mm-hmm. You're all living in the same place. You're all doing the same thing. You're all new to this world that you're trying to figure out. So, you know, for those uh, listeners who haven't gone to college yet, uh, look forward to the dorms. Take advantage of that year because it's exciting. It's fun. For those of us who have gone to college, uh, some of us, you know, we graduated years ago. Uh, those experiences where everybody feels equal, again, don't exist often enough. And even though the Masters, yes, is a luxury, and even though it is a a nice place, um, it it allowed that feeling once again. Um, From the Masters to my workout this morning at Fierce 45 in Denver, Colorado, (laughs) I had people coming up to me. And I'm not kidding. My dad even said, he goes, I've never heard so many people compliment you on your podcast. And people at the Masters were coming up. No way. I guess, yeah, I I had a husband come up and ask for a picture and an autograph for me because his but wife there are no pictures. <laughs> this was on Wednesday. And so no, you okay. can take your camera, at least your camera on Wednesdays before the term started. He came up and he said, oh, can I get your autograph? My wife is a huge fan of Ashley and you and, and the podcast you do today, this morning at my workout. Somebody's a huge fan. So Ashley, uh, you got a lot of fans out there and listeners. Thank you for listening. And thank you for telling us you like the podcast. We, we love doing it. We say that all the time, but sometimes because it's, it's, you know, it's through a podcast or it's through a mic. We don't hear a lot of feedback. Mm-hmm. So please give us your feedback, positive or negative, at Ben and Ashley at iHeartMedia.com. Not only do people love the podcast, and we appreciate that, but they also love, and, and honestly, we had, I had people and, and everybody listening uh, who are fans, you know who you are. They came up to me and they mentioned specific sponsors of the podcast that they've bought their products and enjoyed. And this is one of our favorite. Ashley, I know you love this product, so take it away. I'm getting a better and better night's sleep each night because of my Bolin Branch sheets. I'm obsessed with them. And for these high-quality sheets that presidents sleep on, you'd think that they'd be super expensive, but they're not. They're actually pretty affordable. You don't need an expensive mattress or sleeping pills to get a good night's sleep. You literally just need these Bolin Branch sheets. Um, luxury sheets can cost up to a thousand dollars, but Bullen brand sheets are only a couple hundred bucks and they make it super easy to order from home. And they come in a beautifully packaged package with free shipping. 
Everyone who tries Bowl and Branch Sheets loves them, which is why they have thousands of five-star reviews and even, like I said, three U.S. presidents as customers. The shipping's free. You can try them for 30 nights, and if you don't love them, you can send them back for a full refund. There's no risk and no reason to not give them a try. Everything Bowl and Branch makes from bedding to blankets is made from 100% organic cotton, which means that they start out super soft, like right out of the packaging, but they get even softer over time with washing. What else can you think of in this world that gets actually better with washing? Not much, but Bowl and Brand Sheets are one of them. To get started right now, get $50 off your first set of sheets at bowlandbranch.com. That is B-O-L-L and branch, B-R-A-N-C-H.com. Use the promo code ALMOSTFAMOUS. Again, that is bowlandbranch.com. $50 off your first set of sheets, Bowl and Branch. Promo code almost famous and sleep like a president. Like I don't know how much we have to emphasize that presidents sleep on these sheets, so they've got to be freaking amazing. And with that, Ashley, you are a huge fan. I am a huge fan. Uh, Bachelor Nation is a huge fan. We have uh, the past Bachelorette on this podcast today. Rachel, are you out there? I'm here. What's up, guys? Hey. I love that you say past Bachelorette. I'm so happy to give someone else the crown. Wait, that's so funny that I was going to ask you that. Does it feel weird that uh, come a couple weeks from now, you're not going to be the standing Bachelorette? You're going to have somebody else. It's like like Miss America or Miss USA. You have to hand over the crown. And I always imagine that must be a really sad, complicated feeling. It's not sad at all. And I think people people told me that it was going to be sad, but I think I'm just so excited for her and it's so well-deserved that I'm happy to give it to her so she can go out and find her friends. It's not a sad Maybe feeling at all. Maybe if I didn't like her, it'd be different. Yeah. Yeah. You, you've got a good, a good bachelorette following you up. You did a great job to kind of pave the way for her. But uh, Rachel, I can tell you that when Nick was announced as the bachelor, uh, I was still with Lauren at the time, and I think we both took uh-huh. a deep breath, and it was like sweet relief because we thought, we thought, you know, obviously things have changed, and you get asked questions on other stuff. We thought, okay, for the first time in a year, I am not going to be identified as The Bachelor, and, 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 and maybe, you'll have to let us know how this goes for you, maybe for the first time in a year, you'll no longer be, oh, you are The Bachelorette, maybe you are, you know, whatever is next in your life. Yeah, no, it's a great feeling. I want to be Rachel. <laughs> what? Rachel. You know, I know Ashley has a ton of questions for you, and I'm going to let her have at it here. But, Rachel, if you could help us out here. You know, it's been a little while since we've talked, and uh, I know that you, you've stayed active and busy. But who is Rachel today? Like, what if, if you now, as, as the Bachelorette, just say, for example, no longer people will identify you as the Bachelorette, who do you hope people identify you as? And, and who are you today? This is such a great question. I don't think I've, I've quite gotten it like that. But I would say that Rachel is a fiance. She is an attorney. And she's in the sports now, which is something that I did prior to this whole uh, being an attorney and being bachelorette. I, my major is in sports. I went to law school for sports. So I'm getting back into that. So right now I would identify as a sports broadcaster. But that that is me. You went to law school for sports, like uh, sports law? Like entertainment law? Yeah. Yeah, sports and entertainment law. 
So what do you want to do with that broadcasting? Do you want to be like a straight sports reporter or do you want to bring a law element into it? Well, I always thought that I would be behind the camera Mm -hmm. until, you know, I partook on this journey. So now I'm kind of like, all right, well, I think I can do the whole broadcasting thing. I'd rather be in studios and sidelines, Mm -hmm. and I would love to bring in um, a legal aspect to it. There are sports legal analysts, but um, you don't really see females in that in that role. So I'm hoping to, to bring that in as well, but also talk about current affairs, what's going on in sports, the player outside of the court or the field. And I'm uh, working on a podcast right now to actually bring that all to fruition. Ooh, cool. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it'll be... So there's a company from, out of San Francisco that moved to Dallas called Chat Sports, and they do audio podcast but they also do video produced so i'll be doing a video produced podcast i'm not sure which um if we're gonna do it through itunes or youtube but i will be it'll be called one-on-one sports talk with rage and i'll be talking about current affairs of sports um the legal aspect the enterprise uh, mental health just every topic and in depth along with just what currently is going on in sports so i think it'll be exciting you know Men aren't the only one watching sports these days. Women are, too. And so I think that there's a platform for it, and I'm excited. I know that you were talking about, yeah, wanting to use the podcast as a platform to teach teach women sports and then, like, gear sports towards um, female interests. Is that correct? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I think that sports, I mean, it's not only an interest of mine, but at the same time, it helps me a lot in my career. And I'm invited to lunches just because, like, I can talk sports with the guys. Or even in my relationships, current and past, it's, it's great that we can talk about, like, sports. And I have to share that in common with my significant other. And I think that there's this big misconception that you have to know the, the X's and O's and the ins and outs of the game. You really don't. And so I just kind of want to help people be, con- well, not people, but women also be conversational when it comes to sports. Rachel, are you back to the courtroom? Are you working, or is this kind of a new career path for you? No, I'm actually still working. I'm really fortunate that my firm allows me to be flexible. So I work a lot of times remotely, part-time. Like, I'm actually working now. I'm on a road trip with Brian from Philadelphia, or from Penn State, and I have my computer in my lap, and I'm working on a motion. So I actually get to work remotely, but then when I am in Dallas, I am in the office. So I am taking depositions, or I'm in the courtroom for hearings. So, so yeah, you, I do both. It's a lot. Are you guys both living in Dallas? Yeah, yeah. Brian moved to Dallas pretty much once he was announced. We went to Miami, packed up his stuff, and then he moved to Dallas. Is he still so working as a in Dallas working? Is he still working as a chiropractor? Yeah, he's about to actually join a new practice, which is exciting. Um, and yeah, so that'll we'll, but we haven't like officially announced that yet or anything. But he'll be starting with a new practice in Texas. Do you find it, I mean, I know that the two of you have been a success story. Uh, We're going to consider you a success story. We want to dig into that here later on. The question in uh, for you, we have a ton of questions about relationships and about some of the breakups uh, that have happened recently in Bachelor Nation and kind of get your thoughts on that. But have you found uh, in your careers or your personal life, has has the fame of this whole thing or, or the two of you being uh, a famous couple has that affected your careers has it affected your life as a, as a couple are you able to kind of isolate that i i would say that um it's affected our lives as a couple i think we were at the perfect time in our lives where 
it was easy for easier for us to transition back in our career into our careers and what it is that we want to do. Um, I think that if I were younger, I would have been able to handle the fame along with my career. Um, but I also have to attribute that to my law firm, who's allowed me to be flexible and come in and out and have a home to come back to. Um, so that that has helped me a lot. But as far as it affecting my career, I will say that when it, I do trials. So I am concerned when it comes to picking a jury that that can actually affect me um, putting on a trial mm, for my client. Mm. I, haven't, uh, I haven't encountered that yet, but I'm very fearful of that. Because you have to ask the jury, do you know me? How do you know me? Will, will your opinion of me, um, you know, like prohibit you from being able to, you know, give a fair verdict in this trial? Like, I'm afraid that, you know, people will be looking at me as Rachel the Bachelorette and not be able to separate that from me being an attorney. That is... I don't know. I haven't crossed that bridge, but we'll see. That's a great point. So is that something that makes you want to stay away from, like, the actual courtroom for a couple years, you think? No, no. I love being in court. I mean, people don't go to trial anymore. I'm fortunate that my firm does. But I love... It's like game day. And everything that you're doing before is pressing you for that game. So I love being in trial. So you basically are an athlete. You're, you know, law is your sport. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to start saying that. I'll give you credit for that. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Well, as much as we love career talk, we do want to get gossipy as well. Um, my first question for you is, who do you think, my first question, gossipy, um, will is uh, <laughs> of these bachelor couples, which one do you think will get married first? Caitlin and Sean, JoJo and Jordan, Ari and Lauren, Raven and Adam, or you and Brian? Um. Brian and me. I, I mean, I hope it's Brian. Brian and I are the ones that get uh, married first. But I mean, if I'm if I'm reading, you know, the rumors and everything, it sounds like it's going to be Ari and Lauren. It sounds like they're like pushing really hard to get married first. Um, but I would say who I really think is going to get married, Brian, me and Brian. Do you, Do you advise Rachel? I mean. I think you and I can talk about this here for a second. I have a couple thoughts. Do you advise Ari and Lauren, no matter how successful and happy they are? Because I, I think they're probably very happy and, and very much in love, and that's great. But do you advise them to get married so quickly? Because I know when I got off the show and I was excited and everything was going well, like my relationship, we were pushing to get married as quickly as possible. And then all of a sudden, we not because of anything at this point, major happening. It just, we, we took a step back and we actually found it beneficial to kind of take a deep breath. Uh, you, you know, Brian now have been together for a year. Um, you've taken some time. Do you recommend that? Or are you telling Ari and Lauren, just go for it? No, I mean, I definitely recommend taking a break. I remember I was talking to Jojo and she was telling me how excited Jordan were and they were ready to make these plans to get married. And then all of a sudden, you know, reality hit, like you said, and they wanted to take their time and get to know each other and establish the foundation of their relationship. And that was really important for Brian and I. So I personally would advise Ari and Lauren to slow down a bit because everything's been so fast and mm-hmm. they're kind of caught up in the clouds and they're just enjoying, you know, the, the, the roller coaster of everything. It's really not a roller coaster because everything's kind of going up. So I would just wait till things kind of plateau a bit and you can get to know each other in real life away from the show and the attention of everything. I, I would completely agree with that. Uh, it's tough. Let's be super honest. Yeah. Just total rawness. You want, an, you want a TV wedding, right? 
Great. Thank you, Rachel. Just say it. Just say yeah, because there's for multiple reasons. Not because it's like I really want to be that to be. I do feel like it's a full circle moment and people are invested in your love story and they want to see what's going on. So yes, I mean if I have a preference, I would prefer a TV wedding. Also, yes. you get paid yes. for it, and yes, it's free. <laughs> <laughs> well, that doesn't hurt. It doesn't yeah. hurt. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, Rachel, there is nothing wrong uh, with admitting you want a TV wedding. I know that uh, when we're in the talks to do that, it, I mean, it's such a cool package that you get. I mean, how many people can get offered to, hey, it's a free wedding that will help you throw on and will be magnificent. So. If, if that is an opportunity for you, uh, and that is something that you and Brian want, then congratulations, because I am a completely in support of that. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's just why Why would you say no? I mean, unless maybe you have your own personal reasons or just something you just really want to keep privately, but you've already put so much of it out there. What's a wedding? You know, it's not like it's another nine or ten weeks. It's one day. Yeah, yeah I mean, my parents always told me that uh, it, when I get married, that they would recommend, uh, yeah, I mean, back in the day, it was either elope, uh, because weddings are great, but they're stressful, or do a super mm-hmm. small wedding. But I always wanted kind of a bigger wedding. So the fact that you could do this, and you'd have a whole team of people in support and, and backing you up, uh, you know, yes, I understand some people might not be in for it, because they don't, they, they have their own criticism of it. But hey, uh, I can't wait to watch. I know this is silly. Thank you. I know that there was some rumor that they wanted to do a three-way wedding between JoJo and Jordan, Caitlin, Sean, and you guys. And I think that is the only thing that I'd be like, mm, not so sure about that. Did you hear about that rumor? Did they come to you with that option? Yeah. They didn't come to me with that option, but I did hear the rumor, and I was very vocal about it because that's something, I mean, you have to have your boundaries, right? And that's right. something I would absolutely say no to. And I think, you know, Caitlin and JoJo would say the same thing. Nobody, you don't want to share that day with someone no. else. I have two sisters. I wouldn't want to get married with them. See, if they wanted to do a three-way special where it was like two hours and you got to see three weddings, three separate weddings, I can understand that. But you can't just cram right. you all down one aisle. Yeah, it takes away from the seriousness of a wedding. And I think people would think that our relationships were a joke if we did that, honestly. And they're not. Right. Okay, so you're prepping for a wedding, Rachel. Uh, we, we, you know, we have a lot of listeners out there who uh, we, we talk about breakups and we talk about successful relationships. This is a very relational-focused podcast. Uh, a lot of our listeners love to get advice uh, and lo- also love to get the inside scoop so they can feel like they can relate with with people in Bachelor Nation. What has been the hardest part for you and Brian? Honestly, I mean, it, with no judgment here, we've talked pretty openly. What has been hard in your relationship since, since you guys have gotten together? Um, well, one, just the fact is that everything is so public. And, you know, we, we had a lot of, like, scrutiny after it was over with and the finale and everything. So it was really hard to separate that and, and know what we have and stay true to each other. And I've spoken about that at length, that that, that was really difficult afterwards. But I, I also think that just two people coming together for the first time, we're both in our 30s, established in that way, and then blending our lives together. You know, like, that takes work. And you're outside of the fantasy of the show, and reality hits you hard and fast. So, you know, we really had to work on blending our lives together. 
would you be open to telling us what one stressor in your relationship has been? Um, you know what? I've learned a lot about myself. I'm more type A than I'd like to admit. And I didn't realize that until I had someone else living with me. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm really, like, anal about certain things. Mm-hmm. And so I've had to kind of, like, calm that down a bit. Um, Ryan's so chill. Like, he's like, I'm, I'm the abyss. If there, if there was one, it would be me. He's more chill, so he's definitely like calmed me down and, and softened me up a bit. It's it's a good balance. I mean, I think that's what what the craziest thing about being in a serious relationship, uh, especially one when you've committed to each other, you learn so much personally. I mean, yeah, there were so many moments where I was like, I never realized I had the insecurities or the 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 reaction. I was telling Ashley a couple of weeks ago on the podcast that. My, I found out my relationship that my reaction towards things was so uh, incorrect and and negative. So when something would bother me, I would have these like freak out moments. And then 10 minutes later, be like, what the heck did I just do? You you don't realize it until you have somebody else say that you care about, mm-hmm. that you're trying to make their life yeah. better as well. Uh, so when it comes to the light of, of just, you know, how, what we have to work on. But that's the beauty of relationships. You make each other better. Yeah, and I would definitely say that Brian and I have like a really good balance. We have a lot in common, but then we also, like you said, there are things that we handle differently, and it's taken time to learn how we react to different situations and then just working through that. And it's really about having a willing attitude to want to work those things out, and I think that we have really good communication, and, and we've been able to do that. You know, it's not always sunshine and blue skies, but like at the end of the day, I would say it is. Well, speaking of things not being sunshine and rainbows, we just recently had two big Bachelor Winter Games breakups this week, Claire and Benoit and Dean and Leslie. Um, Rachel, did you see these coming? <laughs> Maybe Ben and I are too close to the situation. Did y'all not see it coming? Uh, I saw both of them coming. Okay, I, I definitely saw Claire and Benoit coming. Okay, yeah. So I, I definitely saw it because it just felt like... Um, what I spoke about earlier, the whole fantasy and getting wrapped up in things. And I think that that's the mistake a lot of doctor couples make. When you, you start fantasizing about things and you don't think about how they work in the real world. I never thought Claire and Benoit were going to work. Now, Dan and Leslie, I actually thought they were a really good match for each other. I thought that they, had, they seemed to have a lot of the same interests, like personalities that meshed really well together. And I thought that they were going to work out. Like, I didn't think that they were going to be running down the aisle anytime soon. But I uh-huh. definitely thought that they were going to be boyfriend and girlfriend for a while. So I was sure that it ended so quickly. That's pretty much my thoughts on it, too. I thought Dean and Leslie would be together for a while. I don't think they were each other's forever person. I don't think it was going to lead to marriage. But I thought it would be maybe, maybe a couple more months. Um, with Claire and Benoit... I feel like in a lot of ways, Claire and I were in similar boats and I kind of just vibed her um, during that live show when she got proposed to. And I just think she was like, oh, my goodness, we are not here yet. And I, I can just sense I could just sense there was a lot of worry there and a lot of doubt. And she just, you know, what was she supposed to do? Say no to him on a live on yes. a live TV show? Yeah. You think so? Yes. <laughs> I think so. Ben, you think so? Yes. Yeah, 100%. It's hard for you to get his hopes up and think that now he's planning this future with, with her when she has these doubts. Just say, you don't have to say a harsh no, but maybe like, oh my gosh, it's all of a sudden, let's think about it. I just don't believe in building people up, you know, 
just to bring them down when you know you're not sure on what you want to do, a.k.a. art. <laughs> yes. I, I, I mean, Rachel, I, I think you're spot on. I think it would have been hard. I think it would have made things awkward for the time being, but yeah. it would have added clarity to where they're at. Anytime. I mean, okay, so we, back, Ashley and I both participated in Winter Games. You're at Winter Games, Rachel. Uh, you're closer mm-hmm. to the situation than most. Anytime there is a couple announced on a live show and everybody that participated in the experience is shocked in the audience, <laughs> and then there's a proposal, <laughs> I, I say that is an odd way to enter in. I mean, I was surprised that they were even dating. I had no clue that there was even chemistry there. Now, Dean and Leslie yeah. are a little different. I got to take a trip with them to Honduras, and they kind of had they, – they have this – Wanderlust. I think that's the right word, right? Yeah, like, they totally they, have wanderlust. Yeah, they, they have the relationship yeah. that we can all look at, or at least I look at, and I, and I'm envious of because they just kind of float through life, and they're so into each other, and both you know physically, and you could tell they had a connection on on an emotional level, and you just look at them and you say that couple. I don't know what this looks like long term, but I've never seen anything like it. Like I've never seen two people so into just each other, but there was that like sense of, okay, this is a good thing. This makes sense. But I, I don't know. And I don't want to speak for Dean Leslie here, but like, I think everybody around them thought, okay, this is either going to be the absolute greatest relationship of all time. And it's going to be fun and fruitful and multiply and make beautiful children, or it's going to end. We just don't know when. And unfortunately it ended. But with all that being said, in my opinion, Winter Games was still successful. It brought a, a bunch of really great people together, and I think it opened up everybody's heart to finding love. And, and I mean, that's the beauty of this whole thing. Even if it doesn't work out, at least now you're prepared for a relationship. And Ashley, I know, you know, coming off of Winter Games, you said I learned a lot about myself, just like Rachel was just saying. Being in a relationship, she learned a lot about herself. Yeah, it's like a, that necessary stepping stone. I think a lot of us got that out of Winter Games. Uh, I want to kind of go back I for a second. You did? I'm sorry. I just want to say, I'm early, and I think I, I think I have a bit of a different perspective because I didn't watch Bachelor before. And to be honest, it's tiring to me to see the same storylines play out every season, you know, now that I'm in it. So Winter Games, to me, was a breath of fresh air to just see these different people and cultures coming together and mm-hmm. we didn't know what each episode was going to be about. We had no idea. Because you guys had no idea because we'd never seen anything like it before. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Even when I was participating in it, I had so much fun being there. You're so right. I think it was a success. We didn't even go into it knowing what rose ceremonies were going to be like. We we're like, yeah. are, are there going to be rose ceremonies? And how do we eliminate each other? It was so good. Thanks. It, I love it. It will be. I think it's going to be something. And this is my prediction. It's going to be something that lasts a long time in the Bachelor world because it's different. And I think they have a lot of ability to be flexible with it. I, I'm actually wondering, Rachel, this is my prediction when it comes to Winter Games, because of the experience we all had and, and because we see, saw the format, I think next year they're actually going to have couples, past couples come on. I think you and Brian might make your appearance on Winter Games, and, it, and, and I would recommend you guys doing it because it was really that healthy and that much fun. See, that's what I'd want. I'd really want to see an amazing race-like show with uh, former Bachelor couples. Oh, I don't know, you guys. I don't know if I could do another <laughs> reality TV show. <laughs> uh, so even fun. if it only taped for 12 days? 
I, I know that was that was nice. I, I I don't know. I just don't know. It's the scrutiny of your relationship, and then you just don't know how it's going to be shown. For example, like you heard me say with Claire and Benoit, if 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 I were Claire and I didn't know, I would have said I don't know. And like the scrutiny we faced in the finale, people thought that I did it just to get a ring. And it's like if you know me for two seconds, you know I'm never going to do something for just out of pressure. Yeah, so it's like that kind of scrutiny. Um, I just don't know if I would want Brian and I to face that again. So it would depend. I mean, never say never. It would just depend the setup of the show. It's kind of like the couples that do couples therapy after the show. And then they're like, um, okay, wow, way to make our relationship look like something that it's totally not. But we did it for the money right. and we did it for the attention and it probably wasn't worth it in the end. And that's what I don't want to do. Yeah. Hey, Rachel, you mentioned Ari, and, and we got to talk about it for a second. Last week, uh, <laughs> Ashley and I spoke about uh, just Ari and, and kind of his progression after The Bachelor and during The Bachelor and how you can get it, and, and, and you understand, uh, you know, we've both been in it, and, and sometimes as the lead of the show, you can't do anything right, uh, no matter what you try to do, but it just felt like yeah. Ari did a couple things that I would have advised him not to do, including his April Fool's joke. Do you have an opinion on that? He, if you don't know about it, he posted a picture claiming that uh, he and Lauren were, were pregnant and that Lauren was going to have a baby. And then it was later found out to be a joke. And people uh, took exception to it. They did not like it. They found it controversial. What is your thoughts? Okay. I thought it was people were a bit, were overacting a bit. You know, it, it, I didn't think it was controversial. I didn't, I also didn't think it was funny, but that's just me. It just didn't make me laugh. But I did, I thought people, Ari, it's like, it's like too soon, Ari. You know, too soon. People are still upset. You know, people are happy for you because they do look very happy. But people are still upset. And I just think it was just too soon for him to, to pull off that kind of joke. Yeah. You know, Bachelor Nation isn't, isn't quite over it yet. Quite a, over what happened. And so I think maybe they need to see Becca moved on and happy. And think you can make those type of jokes. I like I like your point of view, Rachel. Thanks. Thanks for agreeing with us in some way. Also, yeah, they were overreacting. Yeah, right. It was crazy. It yes, is. it was uncreative. It was totally uncreative. It totally not timely for them. But I mean, yeah, guys, it's just so sensitive. But it wasn't funny either. Like it wasn't funny. No, no, not at all. I just I just didn't find it funny. No, <laughs> it was awkward. It was. That's what I said. It, we. I never claim it's funny. Like. I get that maybe like people definitely overreacted, but I also just don't understand like it, it, that uh, the joke of it. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm confused. Yeah. Um, yeah. Before we let you go, Rachel, can we end with some fun questions? Oh, I love these. Yeah. If you could have any artist perform at your wedding, who would it be? Oh my gosh. Well, okay. I know I'm supposed to do a quick answer, but I, I actually always said Prince, but he's no longer with mm. us. Mm. Rest in peace. Yes. May he rest in peace. Um, I would say Justin Bieber. <laughs> Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber. That is a reach for ABC. You're gonna have to think more like B-list artists than that. Wait, is Justin, Justin, Bieber. Justin Bieber's a B-list artist now, right? <laughs> That's right. I remember going into your season. People were talking about how your ultimate celebrity crush is Justin Bieber. I I really like Justin Bieber. I do. He's got I'm swag. Not um, yeah, I'm not ashamed. Would you have Chris Harrison <laughs> officiate the ceremony? Um, it depends. If it's in Dallas, I I would have my pastor do it. Okay, I think so, that's very respectable. 
Chris is second. He's second choice. You know, if I were to have a bachelor wedding, you know who I'd want to officiate it? Chris Jenner. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> that would be cool. Not very bachelor related, though. I know they'll let you have your pastor. Like Sean Lowe had his dad, who's also a, a pa- he, he's a Ben Ben Stallone. Over laughing about this. Ben, it's not going to be very funny when I tell you exactly who I'd want to officiate my bachelor wedding, and that would be you. Oh, I want you to officiate it. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Thank you. No, it's funny because her first, I don't know how Rachel's initial, like, second response, like, it didn't take her any time to go, Chris Jenner. Like, <laughs> I know, like, she had the answer planned. <laughs> oh, Ashley, I would absolutely love to officiate one. That, that actually, like, that means a lot. And we got to talk about that offline. Would tonight. Chris Harrison be upset? This is so hypothetical. <laughs> um, I, you no, I don't know. Type of role. Yeah, you have to give him a role in it, and I'm sure he would love to be a part of it. I mean, your wedding is your day, and I think anybody needs to understand that. If anybody's going to get upset with you for being a little selfish on your wedding day, like, that's their own problem. And I, and we all know Chris enough to know that he's confident enough in himself and his abilities to not be upset if somebody says, hey, I, I have a... Uh, somebody else i'd like to because it would mean a little bit more yeah also ben that applies for an off-camera wedding as well so would you officiate my wedding (laughs) i would love to actually hey uh you know i'm actually i i was ordained i know during my season of the bachelor and i still am able to get my license so if uh if you and brian want to elope rachel in vegas i think (laughs) i can still uh sign the wedding uh uh wedding license that is really good to know. That's so awesome. My last question, <laughs> Rachel, is will you take Brian's last name? Yes. So be. It won't be hyphenated. I will completely take his last name. Yeah, I, I like that too. Old fashioned. All right. Well, Rachel, yeah. this has been a blast. You've been on here for like a half an hour. We appreciate that so much. Oh, thank you guys. So much fun. I don't know what took me so long, but I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> next time hey, Rachel, you're, thank you yes next time you're gonna like come in studio we'd love to have you maybe before the bachelorette oh, love it all right thank you so much I'll see you then bye okay thanks guys bye what an incredible incredible guest yeah that was so good i love it i, I love it i mean the one thing uh i wanted to ask her though uh today is this still cool to have the hashtags for your wedding uh, yeah, I think you know why it's cool to have hashtags for your wedding because all the pictures are organized on social media. So you can uh, go and look at all your guest pictures with one hashtag. That that makes complete sense. I've always I've always found that creative and I always like to see like what people come up with. Um, I think the bachelor world needs to get really creative because if if every bachelor contestant nowadays is a content creator, uh, then their content needs to be, you know, on par with what they're stating and so i'm excited to see what hashtags come out of these future weddings i don't disagree with rachel uh ashley honestly i could see caitlin and sean jojo and jordan ari and lauren raven and adam and rachel and brian all getting married this year and and i don't know why these couples wouldn't they've been together a while um ari and and lauren i'd probably recommend taking some time to, to take a deep breath but this could be a uh 2018 could be a season of weddings for Bachelor Nation. All right. Well, Ben, I actually have a question about timing and relationships, but I want to ask you that after we talk about one of our favorite sponsors, Sleep Number. 
Hey, I cannot wait to answer all of your questions, Ashley. I'll answer anything you ever ask. But I do want to tell you all about sleep number. I have a sleep number. I promise. I've had a sleep number for years. I don't want to get rid of my sleep number. I don't plan on getting rid of my sleep number. And if you don't have one and you're listening to this, you've got to get yourself a sleep number. Let me tell you about sleep number. Maybe you've heard us talk about the amazing sleep number 360 smart beds. They're so smart. They respond to your every movement and automatically adjust to you. The great news is Sleep Number is introducing even more of these innovative beds, and their latest smart beds are even more comfortably priced. That's not comfortable as a bed. It's obviously comfortable as a bed, but it's comfortably priced. So many couples (laughs) disagree on mattress firmness, okay? You're sleeping next to your partner. You're sleeping next to your friend. Maybe it's in college, and you guys have a nice sleepover, whatever you guys do in there. Not everybody likes the same firmness of a bed. Now you have an option to choose your own firmness. Sleep number beds let you choose your ideal firmness on each side. So it's just right for both of you. You can actually feel how it contours your neck, shoulders, back, and hips, relieving pressure points for more proper spinal alignment. There's even an adjustment for snoring. How great is that? Okay, so recently I've been challenged by my doctor to start sleeping on my back. So with that, my sleep number level had to go down a bit. I need a little softer. If I had any other bed, I'm, a, I'm not able to lay on my back as comfortably as I am now with a sleep number. So I'm feeling better mostly because of my sleep number and the fact that now I sleep on my back. I love my sleep number bed. My sleep number setting is 75. Can't wait to hear yours. Please email us to tell us yours. Come in now to see the latest sleep number 360 smart beds with introductory savings up to $300 plus special financing. Just ask the sleep number store for details. There are more than 550 number stores Visit sleepnumber.com to find the store near you. You won't regret it, I promise. And you can sleep on your back. And who doesn't want to sleep on their back? Well, sleeping on your back is actually a beauty thing. And I need to start doing that because your face gets all wrinkly if you sleep on your side, which I do. But I don't know how to help that other than getting a sleep number. Okay, that aside, I want to go back to my question. Ben... You've been talking about how you think all these couples are ready to get in. They're all like most of them are engaged other than Raven and Adam. Um, And you think they're they're ready to get married this year. That comes that that leads me to my question, which is how long do you think a couple should date? Then how long do you think a couple should be engaged? Oh, my gosh. That's such a good question, Ashley. I mean, there's a thousand opinions on this. I mean, I have people really close to me who have dated for three months and got married, uh, including my parents. Um, I have people close to me that have dated for nine years. I think there is, I was just talking to somebody about this the other day. There is a a maximum amount of time that you should date. I think, I think any couple, uh, if your if your personal decision is that you want to pursue marriage, not everybody today is wanting to get married. I understand that. Let's, let's just assume for a second. and, And when we're talking about this conversation, that every couple that we're speaking of wants to get married someday, okay? Mm -hmm. So if you're wanting to get married and spend your life with somebody and have that partner, Mm -hmm. then I feel like you both need to make the commitment, that lifelong commitment to each other uh, within uh, at least a year and a half of dating. I think if you've been together a year and a half, you know if this is the right person for you. Now, I, I get that certain circumstances and events change that. You know, what if somebody's in the military? Maybe you aren't able to spend as much time with each other. That's those are unique scenarios, and, and that is down to the individual person. But um, I, I do think there is a maximum amount of time that people should date because I think over time it just gets a little unhealthy, it gets a little weird. Mm-hmm. And I think, like it or not, society 
puts that pressure on us. And anytime there's pressure, outside pressure on a relationship, that has an effect. Even if you like it or not, it will have an effect. So to clear up all of that, unfortunately, we live in a world that expects you to get married pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Like you might want to do that, especially if you're in love with the person. Now, a minimum amount of time. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I feel like that sweet spot's like seven months, six to seven months. I think you really get to know the person. You've seen their ups and downs. You've, they've, they've hid themselves. You know, they're, they've showed you their best side for three months or so. Um, but that six, seven month range, you'll really get an idea. And how cool is it when you can look at somebody after like seven months and say, I'm so in love with you. Like, I so get this. I get who you are now. And I want to spend my life with you. That's a moment we can all look forward to. Now, for me, the only time I've ever done that was after a few months. And, you know, I don't know if I'd recommend that either. <laughs> this is definitely a good topic for us to uh, discuss further in some other episode. Uh, I also think that long engagements usually end up being confusing because you're like, oh, is this just an extension of dating or is this just our period of time to plan our wedding? And I think it should actually kind of just be that period of time to plan your wedding. Do you? 100%. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I, that is... That is a great, a great statement by you, Ashley. I think that engagement period is that next step to where you're no longer dating each other. You are starting to have those conversations that are like planning a life together. Right. What's the wedding going to look like? Where are we going to move? Can we start like figuring out strategically how our finances are going to match up? You know, where does your debt, where's your debt at? Can I, can I help pay you off? Like totally starts to happen. Um, I'm actually really interested about this. I, I, it's a conversation has been coming up a lot. I would love to hear from our listeners. I think this is a, a great listener question. Mm -hmm. uh, so anybody out there listening, uh, even if it's a nice little short email, would be awesome to, to hear from you or maybe a review online uh, on the iHeart app. But if you're listening and you have an opinion on this, uh, please email us at Ashley at iHeartMedia.com. We really do want to hear from you, even if it's a sentence or two. Please let us know your thoughts on kind of what's the time frame for dating and engagement. Uh, it should it be you know, quick or, or long or what's up? I need help with that. I think Ashley does too. Yeah. And I'd love to ask our guest, Sarah Heron, because she just celebrated her one year anniversary with her boyfriend. Um, Sarah is on the line and, and we've gotten a request to have Sarah on. Um, this was from Kathy a couple weeks ago. Uh, Sarah, are you on? Yes, I'm here. I'm going to read this to you. This is from Kathy. It says, hi, Ben and Ashley. I love the crap out of both of you, but could you please get Sarah Heron on for an update on her love life and life in general, please? I'm so happy Aww. that she's finally found her Prince Charming. I could never understand how she was never chosen to be the Bachelorette. I think that she's one of the bravest and classiest women I've ever witnessed. And can you just tell her that she has a beautiful and generous soul? Kathy Mabley. Oh my gosh, that's the nicest message ever. Isn't that so <laughs> sweet? So, Jeez. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I come to this podcast and Ashley says that kind of stuff about me and it always makes me feel good. But Sarah, I'm glad we could welcome you with that kind of letter. Oh my was... gosh, thank you. I know I'm so excited to, to be on with you guys today. Like, oh my gosh, what an honor. Sarah, so you've been with your boyfriend for just about a year now. Congratulations. Thanks. I know. I never thought it would happened oh please <laughs> don't say that you're only you're you just you're gonna turn 31 soon i i did turn 31 yeah okay so yeah i know I, it's, it's amazing though we live together um we i moved to his town of carbondale colorado which is like the tiniest town in the whole world i think population 4,000. so going from los angeles to this tiny mountain town is crazy but it's so nice so 
what, how did you guys meet? Uh, everybody loves meet stories. You got to tell us. Yeah. Um, so Dylan is a photographer director and I was hosting my very first she lift retreat here in Aspen and I was looking for a local, um, photographer to come in and help with the retreat. It was five days. And so he was referred to me by an old colleague from my days in advertising. And he joined us for five days with, um, you know, seven young women that had physical differences. And I think it just brought out this amazing, like compassionate side of him mm-hmm. that I got to see as you know, the he was the only male in, in a room full of women for five days. And I just, my heart melted for him and I fell for him. And by the end of the retreat, he asked me out on a date and we've been like attached to the hip ever since. You wrote an amazing Instagram caption for your first anniversary. It was so <laughs> touching. Can you briefly describe to everyone what, what Dylan makes you feel and how he's changed you for the better? Yeah. Well, I mean, he's, I was always just looking for somebody that, um, you know, accepted me for who I was, but challenged me to be better. Kind of all the cliche things that people have always said, but I never really felt it until I met Dylan. And he just makes me feel confident in who I am. And, you know, he just supports me in everything that I do. And I'm so, I'm so, so grateful for his support and love every day. So sweet. You, he helps you, but you help a ton of other girls out there with your She Lift program. And I think yeah. you're starting a podcast about it. I am. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited starting a podcast, which I am like currently recording from my closet. because I, I saw the picture. Have, yeah. Cause I'm like so low budget. Um, but I'm really excited to do it and we're going to have amazing guests on it. The premise is to introduce, um, women that I am friends with or look up to who are using their projects or platforms for change and creativity and connection. So really it's just giving voice to everyday women who are overcoming obstacles and helping women listeners and men who love women feel, um, you know, sense of connection and community through other people's challenges. How can our listeners go and help the Sheila foundation? Um, Anyone can visit SheLift.org to learn more about the organization. And then, of course, follow us on Instagram at SheLiftGram. And I'm constantly pushing information out through my personal Instagram and newsletter. So there's never a shortage of, of information. All right, Sarah, I wish we had more time with you. We will have you back on soon. When your podcast, hey. when your podcast officially launches, it hasn't officially launched yet, right? Thank you. No, it'll be May. All right. You let us know when, and we will make sure to plug it here on the Almost Famous Podcast. We love you so much. We're so glad that you have this amazing organization and an amazing man. Doesn't everything in life come together at 30? (laughs) (laughs) It really does. Just wait till 30. It's the best. Yes, it really is good. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Sarah. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, guys. All right. I mean, it's so good sometimes. I mean, I feel like this has been a really good podcast kind of for me to hear. We've had Rachel on who is confident, well-spoken, engaged in a relationship that just seems healthy and fruitful. And, uh, you know, we've gotten to now talk to Sarah Heron, who I I got to actually meet um, her family on Easter at the golf course that I played at. You did? Yeah, I ran into her family, and they were so proud of Sarah, and they're so proud of the stuff that she's doing. A few years ago, I was able to uh, 
get to know more about the SheLift uh, organization. And it really is incredible what she's doing. And not only is it one of those causes that are meaningful and doing a great thing in the world, but it's a lot of fun to participate in, right? I mean, she's literally doing these really cool adventure activities uh, with, with people all around the U.S. And so if anybody's out there kind of like, hey, I just need to mix life up a bit. I want to volunteer with an organization that, that kind of shakes up the world, not only for good, but also just for adventure. I really think she lifted would be a great organization for you to reach out to. So please do that. Uh, it's, it's awesome to hear people like Sarah uh, taking, um, taking life and, and really molding it into something that's not only good, um, but something that she's passionate about. It's so awesome. And with all that beautiful sounding stuff, it is time for Ben bitches. Oh my gosh. I mean, I have a good one today actually, and I'm upset. <laughs> Uh, I'm not happy. I'm annoyed. Uh, <laughs> ben, some people think that you're hamming it up and you're acting when you do this. I mean, no. What, what, you're like, I'm angry, I'm, I'm mad, this, I'm annoyed. <laughs> I'm always this angry. Uh, okay. <laughs> so I just spent the last week with my father at the Masters. And the one thing about the Masters that really stood out to me was the simplicity, uh, how everybody was equals, how no, nobody could could see the hierarchy of, of society when it comes to the Masters. Everybody's on equal playing field. Uh, we were watching golfers play golf. And it hit me. One thing that I wasn't missing was the fact that anybody out there was trying to impress anybody else. I'm upset today because I've been around people, the one-upper. Do you know about the one-uppers, Ashley? Have oh, you ever been around yeah. the one-uppers? We all know them. And if you, if you don't know a one-upper, then you might want to look internally on yourself because you might be that one-upper. You might be that person <laughs> that constantly wants to bring others down to lift each other or to lift you up, mm-hmm. right? I mean, how many times have you been in a conversation? Like, okay, for example, the one with Sarah Heron right here. She's doing an amazing, amazing thing. Some people out there, the one-uppers out there, would have looked at Sarah Heron or far case to podcast, so spoken to Sarah Heron <laughs> and said, Sarah, it's great that you're doing that. But listen to what I'm doing. And they would come up with something that sounds a little bit better, a little bit twisted, a a little bit more generous or philanthropic in nature. And you know what that would have done? That would shot right through Sarah's heart. It would have demoralized the passion and the purpose at which she's pursuing this mission. And that's unfair to Sarah. And it's unfair to any of us out there. So I'm bitching today to anybody listening to say, if you're that one-upper, take a step back. Humble yourself to, to the world. Understand that nobody is bigger or greater than anybody else out there. That we're all equal. That we all have a responsibility to do good. We all have a responsibility to serve each other. We all have a responsibility to pursue our purposes and passions in this world. But I'm telling you right now, if you're pursuing your, pur- your purposes and passions to tell everybody else about it, take a sit- seat down. Step away. I don't want to hear it. Okay. I have to admit, I'm a one-upper when it comes to boy band stories. When people are uh, like, I'm the... Bi- oh, my God. I'm podcast successful. <laughs> <laughs> you want nothing about boy band. People are like, oh, my God. I'm such a huge fan. Like, you don't even know what my room looked like. I was like, I was in Bop Star and Bop Magazine because my room was so crazy. And it's like, I went to, like, five of their concerts. I was like, I've went to 27 of their concerts. And it's like, oh, my gosh. This one time I met them, I'm like, I've been friends with them and I've been on their tour bus. <laughs> 
been the worst, but only when it comes to boy band stories. They're like, oh my gosh, I got to tell you this. And I'm like, okay, that's great, but <laughs> only when it comes Actually, to that. Sorry, Ben. Like, sorry. I feel like you, I mean, maybe this is going to come off incredibly Rude. offensive. I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I feel like you one-upping anybody on boy band stories actually does the, has the opposite effect when anybody hears it. <laughs> This sounds like you're embarrassing yourself. No, because boy band fans, they're, they wouldn't think that. They would just think that was really cool. <laughs> I, <don't think> so. <laughs> I know. It depends on who your person is. It depends on who the person Ashley, is. Yeah. Ashley, I, I want all of us, uh, I, I really would like you to take this over. Uh, I, I want to one-up every other podcast out there and say that we have the absolute best sponsors of any podcast <laughs> ever created. Um, and that's including our next sponsor, Ashley, can you tell all of our fans about the beauty, the elegance, the creativity, the simplicity, and the efficiency of Wink? Oh, Wink, you guys. It's everything he just said. Maybe you feel like a a hearty red wine when you're watching a cooking competition on the Food Network. Or maybe you want a Chardonnay when you're watching singles find true love, like on The Bachelor. Whatever your viewing preference is, Wink has the perfect wine to pair your experience with wings wine experts select wines matched to your taste personalized just for you it's shipped right to your door as well and it starts at just 13 dollars a bottle there's nothing like coming home to a box of delicious wink wine that is selected just for you just for your taste buds it is there's there's this like algorithm there's this quiz that you take so that Wink knows exactly what kind of wine you want. They call it the palate profile quiz. It's simple questions like about chocolate. And it helps determine what wine is perfect for your tongue. <laughs> um, why, the, why did you laugh after tongue? Real quick. Why did you just laugh? I think, I don't know. I've been thinking about tongues a lot lately. Don't ask me. Oh my God. I, that sounds really dirty. Honestly, it was because like I have uh, like... Just mm, kidding. Okay. Actually, I, just go. <laughs> All right, so Wink sends these wines curated to your taste to your door, and it's personalized with your monthly selections. And each month, there are new delicious wines like this insanely popular Summer Water Rosé. There are no membership fees. You can skip any month. You can cancel at any time. The shipping is covered, and if you don't like a bottle, they'll send you another one. They'll send you a replacement bottle, no questions asked. And if you don't know a thing about wine, kind of like myself, honestly, I'll just like pick based on the prettiest label at the grocery store. This is going to help teach you about wines. It's like a wine club. They do all the work. They match the wines for you based on your taste. Um, If you want to have them open this world of wine to you, go to TryWink, that is W-I-N-C dot com slash almost famous, and you'll get $20 off your first shipment. That is TryWink dot com slash almost famous for twenty dollars off your first shipment again to spell wink that is t-r-y-w-i-n-c dot com almost famous you guys i mean like why wouldn't you want a wine service that develops what they send you based on your taste buds i mean you could almost do that with any product but wink is just revolutionary uh we love wink uh but speaking of love we're listening, or we're going to read off a couple reader or listener emails right now, and I have a couple questions. Actually, I'm sure you're familiar with this. I had no idea. This was a shock to me, mm-hmm. and I, I've been in this world for a while. I'm going to read an email from Sarah. Sarah's email is titled "Get Holly and Blake on," and I, I was reading through this, 
And I'm like, who, who is Holly and Blake? <laughs> I've been looking through these two, and I thought the exact same. Apparently, there's another successful Bachelor couple, and we have no idea about them. <laughs> uh, and we never talked about them. Don't no. read this email. And, and we're going to have them on the podcast. We're going to find them, track them down. They, they've got to get their, their moment uh, to, to talk to us. We've got our get our moments to talk to them. That sounded uh, um, <laughs> kind, of, kind of weird on my part. They got to talk to us. Okay. It says, hi, Ben and Ashley. I'm just curious. We always talk about the successful Bachelor franchise couples. Yes, we do. This includes The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, and The Bachelor in Paradise. But we never talk about the one successful Bachelor PAG couple. Holly and Blake Julian. Can we get them on a segment of Who the Heck Are You? I loved watching them on Bachelor Pad. I'm going to love to know what they're up to now. Thanks, guys. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Sarah Hoffman. I'm, I'm telling you, I had no clue. That Me there neither. Was a <laughs> couple. How haven't we been corrected on this before? We've talked I, about I, the success couples a zillion times. Nobody's ever said what about Holly and Blake before. We've been on air for a year. I, I, I agree. We get criticized and scrutinized <laughs> and corrected on everything, including my grammar, but we've never gotten corrected on the fact that there's another successful, but I don't know if I believe it. And I like the way that, well, I don't like the way it's just, it says it's Holly and Blake Julian as if they're married. There's another bachelor married couple. Yeah, they're married. I looked them up. They're no married. way. I promise. This is craziness. I'm surprised you didn't know. I read this and I thought, oh, Ashley can carry this this email because she'll know I mean, no Ashley, because boy bands in the back <laughs> i would have i would have corrected our, our, ourselves a zillion times if i had known i never watched bachelor pad i wonder what season they came out of well guys uh, this is our on our priority list we are hoping to get blake and holly on next week craziness should we move on yeah i mean i have nothing else to say other than the fact that thanks sarah like we had no clue yeah That's thanks why. sarah Okay, I have a question. We have a good email for you, Ben. Okay, what's up? Oh, actually, I would love... There's so many good emails today. Okay, I'm going to read this one first for you, Ben. It's from Jenna. Dear Ashley and Ben, this question is mainly for Ben. I'm 29, and I have been back in the dating pool for about six months after a pretty serious relationship. I have a huge heart for Jesus, and I've always thought it was very important that my partner and I share that quality. However... I find that the guys that I have been dating recently do not feel the same way and it's quality and it's a quality that's tough to find unless I date within my church. Ben, is it a deal breaker for you if a girl doesn't share the same faith as you? How do you broach the subject of faith in a new dating relationship? And how do you handle ending things with somebody that ultimately you don't think you could be with for the rest of your life because of their beliefs? Do you think it's possible to overcome this difference? Love the podcast, guys. Keep doing you. Gina. Yeah. It's a great question. And that's one that, I mean, we could do a whole podcast on this. Uh, let me start uh, just by kind of breaking it down. Um, I've dated people that do not believe the same thing as, as I do uh, and had very healthy, successful relationships in that. I mean, they weren't ultimately uh, successful in the end, but they were, they were fruitful uh, in, in the time that I had them. However, I found myself when it came to the, the harder issues of, of relationships uh, we weren't communicating because we weren't coming from the same place. Mm. So I'm going to come from a place that I'm grounded uh, in uh, the who Jesus was and what the Bible uh, says and kind of the wisdom that I get from my, my faith system, my, my belief system, because I believe it's true. I, I'm not a Christian just because it's what I grew up in. I, I, I believe that that is uh, the truth of the world. And so if my truth is different than my partner's truth, 
then ultimately coming together in a compromise is going to be very difficult. And it, and it proves to be difficult from everywhere to from any question on how we're going to raise our kids to, uh, you know, how we're going to spend our time in the evening. If, and, and then how do we deal with um, difficult circumstances? Are we going to pray through it? Are we going to support people? And also, you know, one of the biggest things that's came in my life is, uh, you know, I get a lot of credit and, and, and it's unnecessary credit because of the things that I participated in life when it comes to philanthropy or, or acts of service. I only do those because I believe that I was called and to do that by uh, Jesus. And so I believe that as my calling and that as my purpose on life, you know, not all, not always does that come from a, a really pure place in my heart. I do it because I believe that through service we'll find the most joy. And I also believe that through service, that was our, our uh, intent on being on earth. And so if my partner doesn't believe in service and that's how I'm spending most of my time, then there's going to be a dilemma and that dilemma is going to hurt and it's going to hurt both people. So I think from that perspective, when it deal, comes with dealing with situations, yes, it's important to have somebody of the same, same faith. Uh, when it comes to just the moral and ethical issue uh, or maybe just faith issue of should you deal with or be with somebody that has the same faith, I would recommend it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's going to add more depth uh, to a relationship when you, when the two people are coming from a, a, a similar worldview, I believe it's going to uh, add um, more life to, to the events and, and the things that you're pursuing as a couple. Uh, but the question here that I really want to finish this with um, is how do you broach the subject of faith in a new dating relationship? I do it right away. Uh, it's my f- first date conversation. It's wh- who are you? You know, what are you? What makes you you? If I was to sit down on a date with you, Ashley, I, I, and, and we, you know, obviously this, this sounds weird and almost like interrogative, but it's not, you know, through a conversation, my goal in a first date is to let you have your time to tell me who you are and what makes you, you tell me, tell me at, at a very surface level, we don't have to get into the details and the grit, but I want to know what makes Ashley, I, Ashley, I, what, what makes you tick? What's your belief system? Because the truth is in all of this. And I think we're living in a time that's exciting for this. Um, I want to date people within my faith, but it doesn't mean that I have to be exclusive to anybody else of opposite faiths. We're in a very inclusive time period where we're dealing and, and friends being friends and building relationships with people of all sorts of, of worldviews. And I think mm-hmm. that's a beautiful thing, but it's also something that we shouldn't make taboo, just like we shouldn't make sex taboo or draw, you know, your, your addictions taboo. I, I think faith is something that we should talk about openly. What are you ashamed of? If it's what you believe, it's what you believe. If that's the truth that you believe the world operates on, speak about it, talk about it, share that love, share that purpose, share that service. And so what better first date conversation than what's your truth? What do you believe in? Because I want to hear it. I want to hear it. I want to know about um, your experiences asking girls like that on a first date. Does it freak them out? Uh, it it ha- I don't know if it freaks them out, but it, you can definitely tell the ones that maybe have had an insecurity. Or, you know, the church, unfortunately, has hurt a lot of people, especially in this generation. The church uh, is was misrepresented by a lot of people that were a part of the church. And so sometimes uh, in this generation, people have stories from their experiences in the church that hurt them deeply. And they're scared to talk about it. And, and, and it brings up emotions that they're not ready to talk about. And that's fine. We don't have to talk about it there. But it allows me to have a better perspective about where they're coming from. And those are unique situations where... I'm not going to then say, okay, sorry, we can't date because the church has hurt you at some level. Like 
that's ridiculous. Like, not at all. But the ones that are more open, I think it's refreshing for me. And I find that a quality that I am attracted to, I guess. So the, if, if, say, everything else equal, there's been no pain caused from religion, which a lot of people have felt pain from religion. And it's just a conversation topic. And the person kind of pulls back like, oh, I don't really want to talk about that kind of stuff. And it's just because they're they're not very, a very open person. I don't find that attractive. I like openness. I like vulnerability. I would be a horrible interviewer if I didn't ask if you asked girls this on The Bachelor and it never made air. Oh, definitely. Oh, you know, the one thing about The Bachelor, though, that's unique is everybody, I would assume most of the women that were on the show knew where my faith lied. Mm-hmm. And so they knew where I was coming from. I didn't necessarily know where they were coming from. And it never really did make air. No, but most of the conversations, now the first night's a little different because you get about five minutes and I think that's a pretty heavy question. Yeah. But I do believe my most common question on the first night uh, and my go-to with everybody was, what makes you you? Like, tell me about yourself. Uh, because I want to know it. And I, we don't have a lot of time here. So relax, take a look around, get comfortable with this environment, but try to block everything out and just tell me what makes you you. So if a girl doesn't mention religion and what makes you you, is that a red flag to you that, that maybe that isn't a huge part of her life? No, I, I would probably follow up with a question just and I have in the past of, uh, you know, what's your faith system? What's your belief system? Mm-hmm. And, and I would just directly ask that uh, because I get that in a, in a first date, everybody's nervous. You're not going to answer the questions cr- like perfectly, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on both sides. And so I think that's the part of the date that makes it interesting is, you have to kind of help each other dig into what's making, you know, help dig into the conversation. And so, yeah, I, I, I definitely have follow-ups because I don't want to be with somebody that's like, oh, yeah, I, you know, that whole Jesus thing, I just don't see it. You know, I don't get it. Like, I've studied it, just not for me. Like, that isn't something that I probably want to pursue because it's going to make our life pretty difficult, uh, you know, long down the road. I have so many questions, but we, we can't right now. But we can talk about Fab Fit Fun. <laughs> what a transition, Ashley. Oh, my God. Uh, you know about the Fab Fit Fun box, right, Ben? Chloe Kardashian loves it. Bethany Frankel, Martina McBride, Ashley Tisdale, Ashley Simpson, Nikki Reed. So many more. All these women love the Fab Fit Fun box. Hey, you know, the one thing that we, we never do here, and Ashley, it's time for us to do this. Ashley Iconetti and Ben Higgins love the Fab Fit Fun box. Uh-huh. <laughs> and hey and we're almost famous so we count <laughs> uh most of the country is wondering if spring will ever get here but don't worry this spring box is available now to warm you up so get it now before they sell out the spring fab fit fun box is something that i am excited for uh after i started to support fab fit fun because it actually is an awesome product uh i started to pass out as gifts i actually was at uh a bar in Denver the other night called the Highland Tappenberger. And there was a girl sitting at the table with a FabFitFun box because she was so excited to show it to her friend. No way. Not kidding, okay? Oh, my Here's gosh. Here's some of the content <laughs> in the spring box. So you're going to be excited. We're going to announce it today. Rachel Pally reversible clutch. Free, free people, understated leather eye mask, Anderson Lily candle, ish lip palette, Mirage skin perfecting lotion, Physique 57 massage roller. That's one of my favorites. Check out FabFitFun.com and use the code ALMOSTFAMOUS so you can save $10 off your first box, making it only $39.99 again. That's FabFitFun.com and use the code ALMOSTFAMOUS. I'm, I'm telling you, 
you deserve to treat yourselves. All the listeners, treat yourselves a little bit. Get your FabFitFun box today, FabFitFun.com. Use our promo code, ALMOSTFAMOUS. It'll be worth it. I'm not telling you. Ashley, this has been, honestly, I'm telling you, this one of my favorite podcasts I've ever done with you. Me too, me too. And there are so many other great emails from people who have emailed in to Ben and Ashley at iHeartMedia.com that I want to address next week. One is about Ben possibly dating Leslie. Another one is about my thoughts on Dear Evan Hansen. I definitely have a lot to say about that. But we want to thank our guests today. Rachel Lindsay, you're wonderful. Sarah Heron, wish we had more time with you, but I am so happy that you found your Prince Charming. He seems wonderful. Mm. Yep. And Ben, thank you for being here the day after you come back from the Masters. Are you kidding me? What a week. Ashley, you're looking beautiful as always. We love you, Ash. Keep it up. I'm telling you, you have a lot of fans out there. I got to hear so many people, so many people come up to me and say, Ashley Iconetti makes that podcast, and I say, I don't disagree. And with that, I've been Ben. I've been Ashley. See you guys we'll next talk week. To you soon. Bye. Follow the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.